I am unashamed. What about you? Well, the hunting report today was I got way more sleep than I did the last hunting day. Did you go home straight from the podcast and did you just sleep it all, all you know, the way through? Or it what? got blurry halfway home. <laughs> Everything got blurry. And I was just, had both hands on the wheel thinking, <laughs> stay in your lane, Jay. Stay, stay in, in your lane. lane, bro. And I remember walking in and Missy said something and I just, I didn't even make it to the bed. I just laid down on the couch and now I have these two little dogs. You know, we have one who is our guard dog, Hazel. She looks a little rough, but she's <laughs> tenacious. But now we she's have another a, she's one. She's a yipper. When Missy's grandma went on to be with the Lord, she had a little dog. So we've acquired that dog. You adopted and the dog. We adopted the dog. And yeah. so now I got up on the couch and slept with those two dogs for about four hours. <laughs> I literally laid down. And you never moved. Never moved. I opened my eyes. Of course, what you do is you always find a clock because I think that's why the Bible uses that death being falling asleep because you lose track of time. In Especially the a hard sleep. Yeah. Like that. Time doesn't pass by. So the first thing you do when you wake up is find the clock because mm-hmm. I, I don't know how long I was out for. And I was like, whoa, four hours. Yep. Yeah, I tell that story on uh, Sunday when I preached about I had my colonoscopy or colon scope, whatever they call it. And you know, it's like we talked about. I just, I'm talking to the guy. We're talking about duck hunting. You know, he's he's the guy that an anesthetist. You know, he's talking. He's he's, you know, knows about the family. We're talking about ducks. Blah blah blah. He said, "All right, but you about ready to do this thing?" I'm saying, "Yeah." And so I I keep talking, and then it was just you an hour up. later. I'm in another, I'm in another room. Yeah. You know, they, they roll me out. They've done everything. How long did it seem to be to you? It seemed like I was. I looked up to well, keep the conversation going. I mean, yeah, like it's not even. That's the emphasis. that's the resurrection. It's an hour of time. I think so. That's yeah. why it says in the twinkling of an eye. What, yeah. How do you define twinkling? Yeah. When you fall asleep, if you're sleeping soundly, mm-hmm. which that particular drug that was going into your veins, it puts you to sleep. But that well, could, what's amazing? That could have been ten years or a thousand years. Well, yeah, and look, he, he pushed <clears throat> the plunger. I mean, I saw him punch the plunger, mm-hmm. but I mean, within seconds, when that hit my vein in my hand, I mean, you talking about some fast operator? I mean, I'm literally in a conversation. Which actually is kudos to the medical profession. Well, that's exactly right. And look, they this, pull that off and then bring you back to life. And this is yeah. the kind that doesn't like. Basically, it, you're dead. The, well, the old days you were loopy yeah. and all that, but now you come out like I looked around and I was a little groggy, but 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 what is no long yellow effect? Did you see a light? I saw no light. You know, that's what I gets just me. saw a nurse. You no, know, I've had these people say that, you know, well, I've died five times. You know, I was on the operating table. It's so hard to know because you're, you know, when I got shot in the head as a kid, when the when the bullet exploded in the fire, I woke Which up. Which I still say it was an aerosol can, uh, but was, uh, we've had the argument for 40 years. The doctor, who was not a hunter, I guess, I said, it was a bullet? said it was a bullet. He hmm. said it was the hull. Oh, I see. The hull of the bullet. You the bullet was in a fire. The bullet went off. Pow. The hole. I always the thought it was hole is what takes off because the bullet, it still stays there because yeah. it's heavy. But the hull hit him inside the head. It, it hit him right in the temple. I remember yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I went down. Like sack of potatoes. It would have blinded you if it hit you in an eye. Or it could have killed you if it would have <laughs> penetrated your... I was thinking more of the death. Uh, <laughs> death. Because he said... But I woke up on the operating table was my... Was but all point. agree that you have a hard head. Well, that's, so, there's no sure. doubt that's true. It ricocheted off your well, head, hard head. I don't think so. You want to argue about it? <laughs> well, I'm just saying so, that the 22 bullet hog pretty well. But look, I, and when we were, know what's weird is that same year, then I got pushed off the top bleacher. I had an altercation over a girl that I didn't like. <laughs> and I had to go back to the hospital because now I had a, you know, whatever, grade concussion. And so my head hurt for a couple but, of weeks. Uh, all growing up. Jace was the one that was always going to the hospital. I mean, the rest yeah. of we were all rough and tumble, but Jace was the only one that kept having all the injuries. I man. take more risk. <laughs> they took a kidney Risky. stone out, and the guy said, you fixed to feel well, got a little warmth in your arm, Mr. Robinson, then you'll fall asleep. And he came toward me with that stuff, and I just closed my eyes. And then 
one second later to me, <laughs> a millisecond later, I closed my eyes and I went, opened my eyes. I said, Doc, let's get the show on the road here. <laughs> and he said, the show's over. <laughs> and I said, how long did that take? He said, one hour. I said, I finally understand the resurrection. <laughs> You'll I never said, get that hour back either. No. It's gone. You did, it's so, like it's almost wasted. I said, that could have been 10 hours. It had been the same thing. I'd have closed my eyes. I'd open them. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Well, that's right. was, there was no so, time passion. That's the resurrection. And, and we say that for comfort with people. We'll say, you know, it's not like you're twirling your fingers. You're, well, we'll you're, say you're like dead. somebody passes on, and we like to think of them being with reconnected with people. And oh yeah, those are all comforting thoughts. But really and truly, more than likely, it's, it's a it's a sleep and awake. That's yeah, right. I mean, well, that's, right. You know. I agree. So what I was going to say, I is, think that's why uh, Jesus said, "Whoever lives and believes in me will never die." Right. You're thinking well, he's gone. Right. No, he 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 hasn't gone anywhere. Well, I mean, we're going to probably talk about that today anyway, because he interjected himself, Jesus did, into time. Correct. So we're going to be in John 13 today, but the first sentence says the hour has come, the time has come. Right. He knew the time had come. Well, if you say that, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, because you're, I would you're say well, not. I mean, it means something, but it means like, okay, I was going to do something. I had a plan, now the time's come. But think about a being but not who necessary. existed above time, outside time, outside time, now becoming a human saying, just using the words. Seems- I'm not saying he's interjected into time. I'm saying he is time. He is the author of time. Well, right. But he became a man. Because then he says, I'm going back to the Father. So he became a amazingly, time Which is why he said he lowered being. himself. Amazingly, right. when he did that, he became the world's marker of time. That's right. That's why they say all the years before mm-hmm. him, we're going to call those, uh, how, how will we word that? Well, I just say they were all the world time before him. <laughs> All the days before him were all before the before the common era, and, every, and when he arrived, the all the all the years after him, that'll be A.D. But the atheists didn't like it. They tried to say, "Well, common well, era," and, like, and it's actually all. But it all goes back uh, to his marker. <coughs> That's it's right. actually off three or four years. But I'm like, you know, in the span of eternity, <laughs> who, who, three or four years seems like nothing. No big deal. So you can do your research on that if you want to check me out on that. But what I was going to say, so we got up this morning. The Teal Report, because Teal move in mass. Yesterday, yesterday, I I believe maybe, you know, just could have been a an Almighty saying, "Here you go, here's some Teal." Because we only saw one bunch yesterday, but we got them. Today we saw nothing. We watched the sunrise. Yep. But Arkansas season opened today. So we were optimistic, and we stayed later because we thought, how long does it take? We had a huge debate on how long does it take a teal to fly from Arkansas to our duck blind. Well, they fly but, about 70 miles an hour. So. Well, Cy, but you're getting that from Cy. Cy said a said. teal flies 70 miles an hour, and I thought he had read that in an encyclopedia. Today he told us how he determined that. He said, no, I drive oh, Alabama. <laughs> and he said, I looked outside the window and there was a green winged teal <laughs> flying synchronized you know yeah. I mean he didn't say that I think he like said synchronized and I said synchronized yeah flying eye level to his vehicle so he started pushing the gas and letting off trying to determine how fast a green winged teal flies and he said when I got to 70 and sped up and slowed down I said, nope that's it <laughs> So I was like, really? I, I mean, I said, he just married you for that amount of time? And he said, yep. So anyway. Well, you can't spell science without size. We, we, our best guess was 20 to 30 minutes, depending on what part of the state in Arkansas you were. I think the, I know people who hunt in Wilmot, Arkansas, which is, if you drove to Wilmot, was that an hour? Yep. So how long would it take a group of teal? Well, according to 20 minutes, 25. That's what I thought. So we stayed a little later just in case the northern Arkansas birds got <laughs> flustered. But you know what? Didn't see anything. So on the way out, we had something interesting happen. The last two days on the way out, we've had something interesting. The first day we were going, to, and you know, our cotton mouths 
water moccasins here. They look like monsters. Oh, they're huge. And Jay sped they're... up. So I'm like, yo, everybody, what are we doing? I'm in the back of the little, <laughs> whatever they call them now, ATV. And he goes out. He's getting his pistol out. And I look up, and it's a monster. I mean, it looked like a monster. So I'm trying to reach my shotgun, but I can't because he's... One of them big, thick Big, thick, thick. But he's moving toward the grass, real thick oh, grass. Yeah. So Jay gets out his pistol. I mean, Jay's in the military. You would think... I've seen him do this before. <laughs> Rapid fire. He shot the whole clip in the quickest amount of time possible. And so the snake keeps crawling in the grass. I get my shotgun out, but now he's scaring him off in the grass. He said, oh, I got him. I said, well, we'll see. He said, what do you mean? I said, pull over in the grass, because if you got him, he'll be laying there. He said, no, I'll put a bullet in him. We, there was one big patch of grass. We went over and over that grass for 30 minutes. No sign of him. <laughs> so he either went in a hole in the ground or hit the grass and, you know, walked uh, during all the confusion. That sounds more like it. But I know one thing. You didn't get him. Because <laughs> if you did, he'd have been laying there dead or I'd have seen he some blood. Waiting on you in the morning. Yeah, that's exactly so right. So today we're driving out, same path, speed up again. I'm ah, Here we go. But he didn't grab so, his gun. So you're thinking he, another snake. Yeah, I thought it was a snake. Well, he grabbed his phone. He's getting out. I'm like, what, 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 what are we doing? Because he didn't have a gun. He grabbed his phone. He said, there was a deer standing here. We had just planted a field. He said, there was a deer standing here in the field. I said, well, he ran off. He said, no, he just went down. I said, what? And he was looking like right right by us. So I got my camera out. I was filming him. Film. He was filming because he said, there's a deer laying here. And I, the more he walked, I thought, I don't believe it. Why didn't he get up? He got five feet from that deer, and that deer jumped up. I like to hit him in the chin. <laughs> And took off running. Have you seen yeah. his footage of it, of the no. from his perspective? Because I thought that looked pretty cool. Well, he was a lot closer. I, to I saw me. yours, yeah. you know, filming him, but I bet that looked pretty. I mean, cool. it, it was just was, a little bitty. It was bomb. incredible that a deer at an early age, he just didn't think he could outrun. He, you know, we 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 crowded him, mm-hmm. and he thought there's too long to go to get to the thicket. So let me just. And, and the wonder grass why is they, not You this wonder tall. why they seem to disappear. They just drop down and you sitting there. So you, you think, what in the world happened yeah. to him? That's right. Oh, just you know what's funny is because uh, Jay got to where they thought he was. So I said, no, he belly crawled out to the woods. I thought, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> 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 See old deer on his belly, you know. Said, just kind of oh. hunkered down going out. <laughs> he comes up with some stuff, doesn't he? So that was the Teal report. The deal with Teal is you got to go every day because they're only going to move, what would you say, two to three days? Over the course of two days. It's a two-week season, and you probably have two or three hunts. They go in spurts. They go in spurts. I mean, there is the occasional stray bunch, which is what we got yesterday. Y'all had three singles Sunday, which who knows what that means. That is kind of weird. But it's usually they come in mass. I remember a few years ago, the last day, the last Saturday, we got into them. Well, I it mean, ends on big, Sunday. It ends on Sunday. Well, it was the last day, right, yeah. other than Sunday. But we remember that when old Bob DeMoss was here? Yep. And, I mean, it was like two or three huge bunches came by, and we just pop, 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 pop. We had like seven or eight people. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we were done. They were still just coming, and, I mean, oh, yeah. we were picking up our dogs. Oh, remember when we had the guests that year? It was like five years ago. They they were not hunters, which I was completely against this. I thought they were undercover federal agents <laughs> or, you know, some kind of sting or operation. But it was like, no, come on. They were like, said with their, you know, we like to experience nature and adventure. And they love the Lord, which is why we allowed it. They just wanted to take pictures of us hunting. And they never and had been hunting. They had never been hunting. And it was four or five of them. I mean, like two or three women, two or three guys. So they're out there in the way. The entire time taking pictures. Well, it was one of the greatest teal flights ever, and we're just bump, 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 bump. That's the same one I'm talking about. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that was. And they were like, they were a film crew, and we were doing something for Dad's books or something. We were doing something. That's why they were. They were like, well, you know, boy, they all have fun like this. I was like, this happens about once every ten years. I mean, they fly in mass 
usually so they think it's like that every time we go out there well but, two or three times a season but this was like extraordinary it remember it was like huge oh yeah that's what i'm saying it was oh. the tea was so big bunches they were making a lot of wind sound, oh my goodness you know, it was 75 and 100 like in a jets lining this uh let's take a quick break so I guess you would say as hunters, uh, preparedness, to be prepared for a hunting season, it's a pretty big deal, right? I mean, It is a, a constant. Because you got to be, you're, you're work, when you're not, you, and now Jay as well, when, when you guys are not hunting, you're preparing year to round. hunt year round. It's a year, year round, round process. In the year old round. days, you, know, you just go out, hey, what it, day it is It never this? stops. Never stops. So one of our uh, sponsors uh, understands this concept. Uh, it's called My Patriot Supply, and their deal is about preparedness. And, of course, I have to say, these guys had a great product. All of a sudden, you got a coronavirus, and you're worried about the food chain supplies and all this. If you had a few of these puppies, they last 25 years. That's how well, long. you need, Al, what I've noticed, you need food and water. got to have them. Have to have them. Pretty much got to have that to make it. And some of the things that are in here, here's traveler stew. You got your stew right there. You need. You have, there's your food. What do you add? Your water. So there's the two things you need. You can eat. Yeah. Coronavirus, whatever's going on. But you could actually eat your traveler stew at home. That's right. You don't have to travel anyway. You don't have to travel. That's called market. It travels to you. In fact, you can build your own emergency food supply. They're going to ship it straight to your door. Uh, and you're going to be ready. So we want you to be prepared. You visit MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. So I'll, why go out on an empty stomach? Exactly. You don't have to travel, but you got travelers too coming to you. MyPatriotSupply.com. Check them out. And well, but you, you've forgotten the worst part of the story. So that morning, we had confusion so Lyle Sinke was our cameraman back then. Well, this other crew shows up, so he, yeah. he decides not to go film it, which none of us knew that he didn't come because he normally goes on his own and sets up. Mm-hmm. So the greatest till hunt we've had in years, and our Maybe guy, ever. They were filming uh, you know, just kind of the general stuff. They were mainly there to they, film they after the hunt. They were filming, Al. They were just taking pictures. No, they, were, they filmed. They filmed something. Well, where's the footage? Well, they didn't get any because they don't know what they're doing. They were there to film Dad after well, when the When I said, where's the footage, they told me. Because they had a drone of, and all One of stuff. the one, women told me, oh, we just took pictures. They did, but one of them was filming. But he didn't get anything. Like, they're behind the blind. I mean, so what I'm saying is Lyle didn't show up, and we yeah. didn't get it on for us on camera. Oh, Ooh, my dad was so mad well, about Because you, that, know, you thought he was filming the whole time. So we get back, and we're like, hey, let's see the footage. And then somebody said, oh, Lyle didn't go. And dad yeah. was so hot. Get sinky on the Well, pool. the guy yesterday, the duck commander sent a film, uh, camera guy, and he, he actually got the bunch. It, it looked mm-hmm. It actually looked better because we let two get away, which is, I thought, unfortunate. I felt we should have killed them all. And because, uh, you know, if you're real efficient, you shoot into less bunches, which is the go. If you just wipe out the whole little colony, nobody's hurt. Right. I mean, except the ones that were in the colony. Right. But you didn't educate all the others. So we try to be as efficient. And you don't know. It may be last year we had a stretch for the nine days. Yep. We had nine days. We didn't see a deal. Uh, That's borderline insanity. Keep yeah. doing the same thing, expecting different <laughs> results. That's exactly so right. before we read John 13, y'all know that I'm constantly on the prowl for what I find fascinating about the world is that they will use Jesus concepts to try to take your money. And I've gone through this many times. And whenever I see a product, I'll share it with our, our listeners. You know, I did the whole deal about angel soft and that's toilet paper. How do you know how soft angel soft is? <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> and then Charmin, they said, oh, no, how are we going to compete with angel softness? I know, Bob. Let's come out with the eternal roll. <laughs> It'll last them a month. So that was a joke because you see the hypocrisy. Because you won't, when people hear the word well, eternity, they really thought out yes, this. You're, you're well, diving in, in deep on these commercials. I mean, no, he's I, like I'm a, making a point. I don't like a pretty it good point, when though. you're deceiving me to get my money you're, and you're like going to produce some kind of eternal reward. Only Jesus can do that. 
And you, you may scoff at the idea of Jesus. You call that a fairy tale. But when you want to take some money, guess what? You borrow some of his qualities so people will buy your, I was going to say crap, but the stuff, you know, toilet paper, same difference. And so I'll give you another one, universal health care. There you go. Here's another one. You heard that phrase, universal. So that's not just health care in America. That's the whole planet and the universe. Well, that's the health care Jesus gives you. They're just trying to sell whatever. Same thing. But you don't notice it unless you start looking for it. And I see them all the time. But then on the other side, the other side of that coin, you also have companies that are deceiving you. And I'll give you, for instance, because you say, what's the first thing you think of when you hear Motel 6? Now, don't try to answer correctly. What's the first thing you hear? I mean, what's the first thing you think? We'll leave the light on for you. We'll leave the light on for you. Well, here's the first thing I think of. The last one I stayed at, you you would have needed a light all night long. Because you're talking about part, they partied all night. Hollering, a few shots yeah. fired. I'm like, yeah, okay. So well, they did leave the light on for that. All right. So you say, well, do you know what that means, Motel 6? I have no idea. When the company was started, it was six bucks to stay at the motel. Have they raised that since? No, when you drive by, I drove one the other. Uh, I drove by one the other night when we were coming home from the event. Guess what it says? Thirty nine ninety nine. No, it says Motel Six, <laughs> which is deceiving because it's no longer six bucks. Not going to get you anything. <laughs> it ain't going to get you in the door. <laughs> and right under the six bucks, it said like fifty three ninety nine. Yeah, whatever. Now here's me. I'm thinking, why? Why? Why are we deceiving? Why didn't we have a rebranding? Take the six that it used to be, which is what you're representing. That's what the company is Motel 53. No, <laughs> add it to the 53.99 plus a penny and call it Motel 60. <laughs> and be honest. Or take the six down and just have it what the rate is. We're Motel. What The number's constantly changing. So I, that bothers me. I'll tell you another one. Here's another one. So I see a sign. I'm like, good grief. I didn't know 7-Eleven was still in business. Do you know what 7-Eleven means? Open up at 7 and shut down at 11. Yep. Now, and do you know when they open up and close now? It's not 7-Eleven. It's 24-7 now. <laughs> See, I have a problem with that. I'm like, why are you still calling yourself that? To me, that's deceiving. Or it's just, are you are you fearful that, you made a mistake in the beginning by naming yourself that, and you didn't stick to it. I mean, I ain't going in there. It's been years <laughs> since I made a Seven Eleven. You remember the one that used to be where David Owen's fishing shop is now? That was a Seven Eleven. Remember? Yeah. Yep. And when we would go hunting, you would always stop there, and we'd get you know coffee and donuts and stuff like that to take with us at the duck line. We were there at two in the morning, but they were, they were 24 seven then. Cause remember we used to leave early oh, yeah. to drive all the way. Up. Well, see, here's what, here's what, so we don't have any more here. Here's what's so uh, hypocritical about the whole deal. So after motel six opens, then we had another business open and they're called super eight. Same thing. You stay here for eight bucks. <laughs> now you see the obvious problems here. Number one, there's already somebody saying they'll do it for six. But they knew they wasn't doing it for six because they came after. So they're like, you come here, we'll do it for eight. And so that was their whole business model. But guess what happened? Time went by, and now they're both lying. (laughs) I just can't believe our society, and most people are like y'all, they're like, well, I I didn't even know. Well, yeah, I I have to admit, I haven't, I haven't, that doesn't bother me. I mean, so when you now combine, that you brought it up, when I you combine it. what I'm saying is, there is a real problem finding truth in this life outside of Jesus and what we discuss right here. That is because most people are after the mighty dollar, and they will do whatever it takes to get yours. And when you start analyzing what they're doing, you start saying. And they're not they're borrowing the spiritual principles in their marketing. Yep. And then they're coming up with dumb ideas. You know, you stay here for six bucks. I worked for a couple of months. But when you got to ten, don't you know people are saying, Well, why are you calling yourself Motel Six? Because I know it didn't go from sixty six to fifty four. When it was ten, I'm like, What happened to this six stuff? 
So no. it caused all those problems, and nobody would step up and make a decision and say, you know what? Take off the six. <laughs> if they had just had you there back when people even knew what that meant, because to be honest with you, most people have no idea what Motel 6, what that even means. I mean, they don't understand what the six was. Well, because I'm the type of guy, I'm telling you, when somebody's <laughs> selling something, I want to see what exactly are you selling. Well, I admit, when you're around marketing people, you know, I mean, they, they are, it's, it's everything is about brand names and all these different things. I mean, sometimes they can take a product that's not very good and really make it look good. I yeah. mean, that's, they, they're masters at that. So you're right. At the, at the core of it, either a product is good or it isn't. You don't want to market well, bad stuff. I remember dad saying when there were some stores around here that had some cheap stuff in them, you get stuff and they're like, well, we got you once because you bought these shirts that tore up, you know, after you wore them one time. And you were like, you'll never stay in business like that if your product is no good. And you were right. They went out of business. That's right. Well, and, and my point is, you know, we're going to read this in John 13, which is you're seeing a side of Jesus that's really shocking because he's he's getting down into the full extent of his love and displaying it in one of the greatest acts of, of service for, you know, if you believe Jesus is the creator of the universe, became a man, the idea with all this power, you just raised Lazarus from the dead and he's doing miracles, that you're going to wash the dirty feet of your creation who are flawed and, and sinful. I mean, it it's amazing. It is. <clears throat> Let's take a break, and uh, we'll set the stage. So one of the things, uh, one of the our longtime sponsors has been a, a group called Keeps, uh, and their whole thing is about helping men primarily, I guess, and women, keep their hair. Your hair starts falling out. And you keep your drains clean. Keep the drains clean, you know, because we've had issues with that. Because, you know, we got a hairy family, you know. Yeah. I mean, you guys got a lot of hair. I think maybe they chose us because they're like, look at all this hair. That's right. You need to keep a hold of that. That's right. You want to you want to look like these guys. It does come in handy. It does. So uh, we want you guys to check it out if, if this is something that you need. Uh, basically, you go to their website, which is keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com, and it's slash door. You get 50% off your first order uh, for these hair loss treatments. So check these guys out, keeps dot com slash door. That's keeps dot com slash door and keep your hair. And And then you you realize that he washed Judas's feet. And the reason I was bringing up this idea about deceit is most of us, we think the evil and we think that it's, it's really easy to pick up on how, where and how the evil one works. But deceit is one of his biggest tools. And here's a guy you would think Judas at some point following Jesus for three years would have said, what am I doing here? Right. How could you be that close? Well, you get deceived, and you can be that close to the truth, the truth, the human embodiment of it, and miss it. Yeah. Of course, what he, what he missed it on. God, the father of truth. <clears throat> Satan, the father of lies. Yeah. So you have two opposing powers. One is the truth, right. and one is the big lie. His native language, when he speaks his native language, he's, he's lying. Right. <laughs> so, so the setting the stage for for this, just for everybody that's been studying along here with us, we 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 told you at the beginning. Of course, it's been a while now that John he had a little bit different. All the other gospels are they kind of hit the whole chronology of Jesus' three year ministry, mm -hmm. so they're spread out over time. John kind of zeroes in right at the end. You know, he he, he was different how, how he told the story, and so. Where we're getting at in terms of where Jesus is, this is where we're beginning in John 13 is the night before he's going to be arrested. Yeah. So we're right here at the end, even though there's going to be several chapters because this is an amazing night because not only what we're about to share, but you get to 14, 15, 16, 17, Jesus does some of his most amazing teaching to me because he's given the disciples the last blast because he knows it's, it's well be and, and i think you remember that when we started we said that there's three <clears throat> principles <clears throat> characteristics characteristics of jesus that you'll see in the book of john they all happen to start with l which was not something we planned it just 
from the first chapter, you see it. And up until this chapter, he's mainly stressed being light, you know, spiritually and physically, I guess, because he created all, and life. And he's proven that through the miracles, the resurrection, and, and that being the discussion. Well, here, he seems to zero in on love. You know, because after he does this, just jumping ahead, he on the practical application of what he just said, he said, a new command I give you, love one another. That's 13, 34, and 35, which is famous verses. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be, here's created the universe, became a man, didn't just preach a sermon about it. I mean, because you can imagine the tension. Here's a guy doing miracles who's fascinating, and all of a sudden you see him getting a bowl and a towel because they were probably thinking in that moment, what's he doing? Because, you know, which was not unlike any other time, whatever he was doing. And then he starts washing their feet. And of course, and that's why the first response was, no, you, you, you shall never, you know, Peter, like, you, you shall never wash my feet. That's right. Of course, then Jesus is like, well, you're out then. Oh, okay, well, here's my hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said, just, if you're going to wash me, wash the whole body. And Jesus yeah. said, well, you, you can take a bath for that. This is something different. You know, right. he's trying to get these, these uh, principles across. But you talked about, just last time, we were at the end of John 12, you know, when you mentioned the ones that the leaders that believed in him, but they wouldn't speak out in their belief because... Mm-hmm. They get kicked out of the synagogue, and they, yeah, it says out of they, fear. they they were more fearful about getting praise from men mm-hmm. than praising God. And <clears throat> it's just what you said; those guys had just seen Lazarus raised from the dead. Yeah. You'd think that would lock anybody in forever, but it didn't. It, it the, they still in their disbelief. So, what was interesting about this setting here? It starts out in verse one that this was the Passover feast. Now, I find this fascinating because the Jewish people had been doing Passover, you know, for a long, long time. The idea that it goes back to when Moses led them out of uh, Yeah, I brought that up the week you weren't here. Uh, The parallel from a timing standpoint from Exodus 12 to when Jesus was eventually crucified and how many days they went. A brother shared uh, Perky, who we, we both know. He put that on me, and I was like, you know, I never noticed that. And so he was representing... The lamb, the That's Passover right. lamb. This would literally be the last Passover ever needed yep. because Jesus now is that lamb. That's what he called himself to sacrifice himself for the world. And then we know it from Hebrews. He was also the high priest. So he, he was everything. Like he was the whole well, kit and caboodle. You know? And by the way, how did John the Baptist know that in chapter one of yep. John, when he point. saw Jesus, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How do you know that? I've always found that fascinating. I mean, he, he did that 12 chapters, and he's no, no longer with us now. He's, he's lost his head That's at right. this point for his faith. It's fascinating. Which, by the way, the, the Daryl... From the just thinking guys, that was a fascinating point. Just made. thinking, just thinking. That he made a fascinating point about you know why didn't Jesus go let if we're so worried about social justice why didn't he why didn't he go get John the Baptist out of prison why did he let him stay in there and lose his head it wasn't about it's not about here I thought that you was know what a, when he was, was talking point. too I thought about the passage where Paul said I've been beaten with rods three <laughs> times right. I was shipwrecked I've been stoned I had the forty lashes minus one that's in Corinthians read why do thing. bad things happen to good people yeah. yeah well why didn't God step in and, and and we've said before every major character but John died a martyr's death do you remember what Jesus told uh uh, Paul, uh, when he when he first was converted after he blinded him, he said, you, "He will find out." He told Ananias, "He said he will find out how much he will suffer for my name." Yeah, I mean, yeah. so Paul he, he was going to have it rough. I mean, he he and look, he knew it going in. Ananias, oh, was yeah. like, Ooh. of course, Ananias was afraid of him, you know. But he he was like, so when he lists all that stuff that happened to him. Yeah, that was in Second Corinthians eleven. I just want to tell you where it was. Right. But and you read that, and and I love it because he got to the end. And he's like, because they were 
boasting about their things, you know, that what they had to give up. And he's like, you want to boast? <laughs> and he, he went through all that. And he's like, and who's not led into sin and I don't inwardly burn? I mean, he's like, I'm out here getting whooped, <laughs> trying try to do us right. You're in here complaining about your little problems. He's like, it just burns my bacon. <laughs> and look, he got it from from all sides. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the Jews oh. were after him, the Romans were after him, the Christians were after him early, you know, until they until he proved himself of who he was. Let's uh, let's take another break. Well, if you read chapter 13, he said he knew that the time had come, and I'd already mentioned that, which is a big deal for a person who's eternal, who became a man and and volunteered to come down here because of the same love that he was fixed to show. And it said it had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having yeah. loved, and that's why I brought up love, because he's going to show you the ex- full extent of his love. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Some versions say, like, his love to the uttermost. And so... You're like, he, he's fixed to show himself what really, you get a, a window into the depth of God's love. I, right. I love Paul also speaking that in Ephesians 3 when he said he prayed for the Ephesians, they could understand how high and long and deep and, what, wide. What, and wide was the, the love That's of Ephesians Christ. 3, That's why when you read this, I mean, this is kind of an emotional I've seen a lot of people when when a sermon is preached on this it become emotional because you think the creator of the universe going down to his knees and despite our wickedness and our sin our fail it just there's something moving about him doing this. Well, that's a huge point. It, it's this is when you say the full extent of the love of God, and then you're right when he's saying, think about this. This is the one who created the universe, God, mm-hmm. in a human. Body is a as a man now. He's God and man, and he's down on his knees with these guys who who quite frankly have not gotten it. And and he yeah. knew they were all sinful men, exactly, including the one who would betray him is part of the group too. So I, I think it does. It, it it's the it's hard for us to even wrap our brain around that. Yeah, as to how that's why you can't go us. around and uh, be and uh, you can speak out against it. But uh, you're at the end of the day, you're going to be required to love sinful men. Yes, and yeah. even your enemies. Well, even and, your and enemies. that's what he did. I mean, it says in verse 2, the eating meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, but through deceit and the love of money. That's right. The son of Simon to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, which shows you the voluntary nature of what Jesus did. Correct. What it shows you yeah. is how meticulously this was all planned out. This was the plan. That's Stick right. to the plan. That's Meticulous right. details. Oh, down to everything. Which down to it. all the fulfillment of all the prophecy. Not a bone would be broken. Right. Or pick your prophecy that he fulfilled, which is amazing. There's so like he, 700 of them. So, and here's like the point that. I yeah. want to make. Here's what I realized. And, and, and and someone shared this with me. I I didn't think of this myself, but I thought, you know, they're right. Because most of the time when we talk about John 13, we go to the practical application, which means we should be servants, which is very hard for macho men. I mean, I'm considering us in that camp. We're pretty egomaniac machoers. It's just hard to do something like this. The very idea of it makes my skin crawl. I'm like, let me go wash your feet. I mean, it's just not... I'm well, a germaphobe already. <laughs> We're in the coronavirus. I ain't washing your feet. During this day and age, Jace, they were a little lacking with things like bars of soap. <laughs> well, right. To kind of help. Well, think about it. They're walking around. Over, you've been to Israel. You're walking around over there in yeah. sandals. Yeah. I mean. This is mainly but, just, you know, old, you imagine walking around. You got a sandals on, but you're walking but, and around. Just and just because we got a lot of people that have don't know a lot about the Bible that watch our podcast, so and listen. So I, I'll tell you. I mean, one of the customs, and we see this throughout the Gospels a lot, was that when you came to somebody's house, one of the things they did was you know wash your feet, or had, usually had a servant wash your feet. And so there's, you know, Jesus has had some discussions about this before. Yeah. So, and the reason why is this, it's like a welcome. You know, we, we would say maybe take your shoes off or, 
I don't At know. At best, a lot but, of dust on your feet. Well, right. So it's, it was just a, it, it was a custom, mm-hmm. you know, that they would understand more than we would. You're right. I think the well, modern your people do foot washing. Well, and, right. And, but it, he was making a practical application. And here's what I was going to tell you: what I think that this what he was doing. This was a shadow of what the cross was going to be. And here's why I think that. Because it says, so he got up, verse 4, from the mill, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, if you just stop and think about this, he didn't, he didn't tell anybody what to do. He, he did all of it himself. And what was the goal? Cleansing. If you look at it from a physical thing. And so if you think about it, you know what? You can't you can't spiritually cleanse yourself. He he does the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it meticulously says he, 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 he did it all. He didn't say come help me with it, because there is no help for what this is representing. So when you think about it, if Jesus doesn't do the cleansing, what? You're filthy. Yep. And that's why when he said, uh, Peter said, well, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize uh, what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Right. So, so I think when he gets to the cross, they look back and say, oh, he I, I couldn't free. cleanse myself. He sets you free by cleansing you and from Satan. He's already said that. Now's the time in in John 12. Now's the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Mm -hmm. And he's beginning to show them what's fixing to happen. And he says, I'm going to wash you. I'm going to wash you. Free you, cleanse you from Satan, sin, guilt, law, the grave. I I think it was a physical analogy based on love that something their culture did frequently a lot, but it took him a serving spirit to do. It's nasty and nobody wants to do it. But it was representing the cleansing that Jesus provides. I think that's why he did every step of it. And that's why when he made these statements, they make more sense because he said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Because you think about it, if you don't have Jesus' cleansing, Jesus is nothing. You have nothing. That's right. you're, You're dead. You're hopeless. You're So that's why it seems like a kind of a Bold statement to right. say, well, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. I mean, you're like, well, this, why is this such a deal breaker? Because he was, he was shadowing what happens at the cross. Let's take uh, one last break. And also, just at a practical level, he was showing them how to leave once he was gone. Because he, he says later, this is the new command love one another, and then he says in other places, this is what you yeah. do, this is how you lead. So he's wanting yeah. them to understand that once he's gone, they're going to understand better, and then they're going to know, because he's literally, they are going to be him. They're going to be the first ones. Well, I think the, right. uh, to, to your point, that uh, goes back to just prior to this happening, the, washing, the, the foot washing, uh, when the voice came from heaven, and Jesus said, uh, uh, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. When this voice comes out of heaven, I have glorified it. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. That's right. And then he went on to show them what was going to fall upon them. Right, and they yeah. said, wash the feet. Right. He said, this is how you roll. Right. But you know, what we do is, I think when people come visit our church or they visit our houses, a lot of times they'll come in and they're like, you know, I'm trying to find my calling from God or I'm trying to find my purpose. But I notice us three, we all do the same thing. No matter who shows up, no matter what they say or how they can be involved, we we go back and start with Jesus. Yep. Because if there's no cleansing of Jesus, there's not going to be a, the calling is not going to work. What what we're going to do so that we always go back and make sure people know Jesus, understand Jesus. Have, and it's not like we're, you know, we used to call it like checking their conversion as a joke. But it's more in to make sure that it's you... It's our baseline. Yeah, you, 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 we, we've got to focus in what we've said earlier on the whole reason we're studying the book of John. There's got to be a focus on Jesus because he is the image of the invisible God. 
his perfect life, his love, his death on the cross, his resurrection, is how God chose to get humanity, how he called humanity to him through Jesus. So when somebody comes, they may be confused, or they may be, you. Can, there's a difference in being religious and loving Jesus. That's right. So there's a lot of denominations. There's a lot of deceit. That's why I'm bringing this up. You want to make sure you're not a Judas or walking in the steps of, of Judas right beside Jesus and miss the whole thing. That's right. So we always start with Jesus. And I feel like if someone's offended, because I've I've started talking with someone Jesus and they're like about Jesus, and they're like, well, are you saying I'm not saved? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm introducing you to Jesus. And they're like, oh, I know Jesus. But what I've noticed, most people that know and love Jesus— they don't mind you bringing him up to make sure I would never be offended. Me you know? either. I tell you that story all the time. I met uh, the pro golfer that was friends with Bubba. Uh, what was his name? Webb. I yeah. mean, the first time I met him, I, I walked up. I said, I'm Jace. He said, I'm Webb. I love Jesus. <laughs> and I said, well, you're just the kind of guy I like to hang out with. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, let's just get to it right <laughs> off the bat. That's right. You know, I was Unashamed. impressed. Yeah. I didn't say, well, are you saying I don't? <laughs> but th- I feel like religious people sometimes, it's like, what, are you saying you don't want to have a conversation? Because people have come to you and they're like, I'm trying to figure out my calling. I'm like, well, let's make sure Jesus has cleansed you. Because I know one thing from this story alone, that's the first thing that's got to happen. Because yep. he said, unless... I wash you. You have no part with me. And sometimes it's just a picture. A lot of our listeners, there was a young man Sunday that was at WFR, and I talked to him after um, after we were done. And uh, he's really tall. I, I can't remember your name because I know you're probably listening. But he asked me a great question about that. He said, you know, I work with people. I want to be, you know, an influencer. I, I love Jesus. I, you know, and we get this question a lot, you mm-hmm. know. And I said, well, first – you just got to be him in front of these people because it's like he works with a lot of rough and tumble guys and a lot of bad language, and it's the same things. And so he's like, how do I impact them to be like, like Christ? And I said, well, the first thing you have to do is, you, you, remember, you are Jesus to them. So that means you got to just, everything that he's you're leading you to do, you got to do it consistently in front of these guys. And that's how you start making a difference. And I said, look, you'll start picking, picking them off. I told Trace the same thing. It's like, Somebody one day will ask you a question about peace because they'll notice you're different. Yeah, and when well, they do, like me, that's look, your that's your opening. Al, people ask me all the time. You know, give me the five ways to. You know, give me four ideas to try to help win my friends. And I'm like, there's only one idea. His name's Jesus. Now, go read what he said. Everywhere's red letters, and try to figure out how to relate who that is. That's right to them. There, the 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 possibilities are endless. Well, and, on, and on having that, and we were talking, we were talking about language specifically, and I said, "Well, do you cuss in front of these guys?" Because, and he said, "No, never." And I said, "Well, they they've noticed that." And he said, "Well, you know, one time one of the older guys that was there, they were working on something, and, and they, you know, he's like dropping these words, and he looked around this guy, and he said, "You know, it's all right to drop a few." expletives in when you just can't get something done. And then another guy said, hey, have, you, have you ever heard this guy say a cuss word? And the, the guy said, no. And well, I was see, like... See, if it would have been me right then, that, there's, that's there's your I said, I said, there's your opening. When you when you hear something like that, they've noticed you're different. So now yeah. you got to tell them why. Be, they'll be like the old sound man that... I told him that story. Corral yeah. me. I told hey, him, I said... I said why well, don't you curse every once in a while? None of your family does, Mr. Robinson. What's, what's behind all that? I said, you've asked a good question. I said, I'll tell you about that this afternoon. Well, I started with Jesus. Right. He falls back after he hears him and saying, he said something to the effect, I wondered why I ended up in Louisiana on this film shoot, but now I know why I came. That's right. He said, I've never heard that story before. And really that's been, you're right, Jace, that's, that's kind of been our driving force yeah. uh, our whole lives. And you, know, you get older, and and people respect you, and then they come to you when you've done it consistently, like you have. To. I mean, you've done it now for, since you were twenty eight to seventy four. Yep. Therefore, you you have now gained confidence that people can say, "Well, if you go talk to that guy." So this family that was baptized Sunday, there was five of them, and here's what she told me: 
she said, you know, we've been wanting to get baptized, and but, you know, COVID, people aren't baptizing people. And she said, but, you know, I heard that that church where Phil Robertson is, they'll baptize anybody. And so I told the church that. COVID said, or no COVID. I, I said, that's the church you want to be. The well, one that says, and, and again, not just baptism, but you want to be the one that says, you know what, I don't know if we got anywhere else to go, but they'll take you. But you know what I think, Al, and we talked about this with uh, the just thinking guy. There's just some things that when you're going to be a servant, you you have to risk your life over. And because I'm not real worried about the coronavirus, I out of respect, you know, I'll wear the mask sure. and I'll follow the rules, whatever. But when I went out to uh, Texas and basically got on my knee and became a servant to those kids. Yep. Because I, in our meet and greet, I talked to them, I listened to them, you know, we had fun. Uh, but now, if you'd have asked me, do you want to do this? Well, no, it's duck season. I was tired. I don't want to go out there. But to me, I'm like, I'm going to go out here and serve these kids. And when they came in, they all had masks on. And I was like, is that for y'all or for me? And the, they, they didn't know what to do. But the person in charge said, well, that's for you. I said, oh, you can tell them to take it off. I said, I'll risk my life for these kids. But I said that in front of them because I wanted them to know they've been beat, whooped, abused, kicked around their whole life. I'm like, I'm out here and I will risk getting the coronavirus to try to get y'all to heaven. Yep. And they're like, well, to us, no big deal. But to those kids, hey. Because they hadn't had anybody in life much who were caring for them, you know. All right, well, we're out of time. Uh, it's really interesting. Next time we'll pick up, I got some, uh, I want to get into this thing with Judas because uh, he's going to play a big central role as well as Peter uh, in the last part of this chapter. So good stuff. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.